Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. A rather old-fashioned lady, older, kind of set in her ways, she was planning a vacation for a couple of weeks in Florida. And because she was quite delicate and elegant in her language, she wrote a letter to a particular campground and asked for reservations. But she wanted to make sure that the campground was fully equipped and didn't know just quite how to ask about the toilet facilities, okay? She just couldn't bring herself to write the word toilet in her letter. So after much deliberation, she finally came up with the old fashion term, the bathroom commode, right? The bathroom commode. She couldn't say toilet, so she wrote bathroom commode. But when she started to write it down, she, she still thought, man, that's just too forward. I, I, I don't know if I can do this. So she started all over again. She rewrote the entire letter, and she referred to the bathroom commode simply as the BC, the BC. Does the campground have its own BC is what she actually wrote. Well, of course, the campground owner got the letter, and he wasn't old-fashioned at all, right? And when he got the letter, he couldn't figure out what the lady was, was talking about. That BC really stumped him. And so after worrying about it for several days, he showed the letter to other campers. They couldn't figure it out what the lady meant either. The, cramp, the campground owner finally came to the conclusion that the lady must be asking about the location of the local Baptist church. So he sat down and he wrote the following reply. Now, remember, she's asking about what? The bathroom commode, the BC. He's thinking it's the Baptist church. He says this, Dear Madam, I regret very much the delay in answering your letter, but now take pleasure in informing you that the BC is located nine miles north of the campsite and is capable of seating 250 people at one time. I admit it's quite a distance away if you are in the habit of going regularly. But no doubt you will be pleased to know a great number of people take their lunches along and make a day of it. They usually arrive early and stay late. The last time my wife and I was there six years ago, and it was so crowded we had to stand up the whole time we were there. It may be, it may be interest you to know that right now there is a supper plan to raise money to buy more seats. They plan to hold the supper in the middle of the BC so everyone can watch and talk about this great event. I would like to say it pains me very much not to be able to go more regularly, but it's sure not for lack of desire on my part. As we grow older, it seems to be more and more effort, particularly in cold weather. If you decide to come down to the campground, perhaps I could go with you for the first time as you go, sit with you, and introduce you to all the other folks. This is a very friendly community. Or how about this one? How about this one? There was a man, he was 82 years old. His name was Morris. Morris goes to the doctor not feeling good. Not feeling good. Things looked very, very bleak, right? Morris 
And so Morris gets the news and he goes off. And the next thing he sees is, is the doctor sees Morris in town. And, and Morris, 82, he has a very young, beautiful girl with him. And he is just as, as happy as can be. The doctor looks at him and he goes, Morris, what happened? When you were in my office, you could barely walk. You could barely breathe. Now look at you. You're with this young, beautiful. He says, well, I'm just taking doctor's advice. What, what, what advice did I give you? He said, he said, get yourself a hot mama and be cheerful. The doctor looked at him and said, that's not what I told you, Morris. I said, you got a heart murmur and be careful. <laughs> Pastor, your point, here it is. Guys, we have to be so careful. We, ha- we, we all have glitches in communication. Our, am I right? Whether it's BC thinking it's something else or, or it's, hey, you've got a heart murmur, you need to be careful. I heard get a hot mama and be cheerful. But sometimes the glitches in communication, guys, take even a, the stakes are far more serious. You go, what do you mean? Well, think about it. Think about it. Sometimes when our, our Lord Jesus, right, when he speaks in the Bible, we get all the communication mixed up. You go, how so? Well, we think Jesus is what? Well, Jesus is supposed to be the savior of the world. He's our Jesus. And so with that, we have a hard time when moments in scripture, when we read something and where Jesus calls the Pharisees brood of vipers and other such insults. We're going, this is supposed to be, Jesus is nice. He's supposed to be nice. And we have a hard time with that, right? We'll often tell ourselves, well, these dudes had it coming, right? These guys had it coming. But our nice guy image falls completely apart, guys, when we read the story of a desperate mother coming to Jesus for help on behalf of her demon-possessed daughter, and Jesus turns her away. You're like, what? But here's what I'm thinking about this woman. Now, listen, this woman, like many of you women in this room, She's a rock star. She's a rock star. You go, what do you mean? She is not about to let her child, right, bear the brunt of demon possession. Okay? She's got the attention of the savior of the world, and yet this woman had to do something incredible. This woman had to do something that all women and men have to do. You go, what's that? She had to swallow her pride and let go of her prejudice. You go, What are you talking about? Well, allow me to explain. This woman is known as a Phoenician woman. And the Phoenician woman, okay, the term Siren Phoenicia, they describe a people that were considered very, very wealthy. Very wealthy, very well-to-do, upper echelons, high-class, GQ, looking your nose down at your neighbor. You understand? This is who she was. And as a matter of fact, because of her location, she actually looked and looked down at her poor Galilean neighbors. That's where she comes from. As a matter of fact, Mark's gospel calls her the Syrophoenician Gentile. Okay? So, you got to understand, in her culture... A very well-to-do, very wealthy, very high-class problem was is oftentimes what pride, and looking down your nose at others and like, oh please, is this the? I mean, this is what she has to deal with. Now, she has to overcome her pride. You go, how so? 
well, you would expect this woman to come with Jesus, right, with the mentality that we see even in our day with an air of superiority and demand that he drop what he's doing, come over to her house and heal her daughter. After all, she is wealthy, right? She comes from a wealthy, well-to-do home where money is no object. Can you imagine? Jesus, you need to come and you need to heal my daughter. There's some, listen, I see your ministry. You guys look like you're barely surviving. I can, I can fund your ministry. I can give you lots of money. You need to come over here. You need to do it now. The problem with that is pride. And I read a quote that I think is very important when it comes to pride, and this is pride for all of us. Pride is the only disease known to man that makes everyone sick except the one who has it. That's pride. But what I love about this woman is that she doesn't come with the cultural mentality. She doesn't come with, I'm a Syrophoenician woman. I have lots of money. You need to do what I say. She comes, guys, listen. She overcomes her pride and her prejudice, because you need to understand, she looked down at the Galileans. She looked down at the Jewish people. She was a Gentile. She comes. She overcomes that, and she falls, prostrates herself in front of Jesus, and begs him to cast out the demon out of her daughter. Now, why is this woman a rock star? Here it is, just like all you women in here. This mom will not stop, will stop at nothing to help her child. Do you understand? She's willing to come to a Jewish rabbi and beg him to heal her daughter. You see, and I think that's what Mother's Day really is all about. You go, what's that? It's about honoring moms. It's about honoring women, right? Honoring women who will do whatever it takes for the sake of others. That's what it's all about. See, but, but, but we're all here today, and so we can, too, ap- apply those things that we see in Scripture. Why? Because it was Paul who tells us that every one of us should, what? Because we're believers in Jesus, we should esteem others higher than ourselves. We should not look at ourselves first. We should always be going, okay, as a believer, here's who I represent, here's who I reflect, and I want to esteem others higher than ourselves. But today, because it is Mother's Day, we focus on this mom who will do whatever it takes. Now, who are you talking about, Ben? Guys, first of all, I'm talking about moms. I'm talking about stepmoms. I'm talking about step-in moms, foster moms, spiritual moms. Those who are a mom and those who have a mom, which means all of us. This is the heart of our Savior, guys. He puts, us, he puts this in the heart of all of them, right? To put others to beg. Now, the story that we're about to read has a twist. You go, how so? Well, Jesus doesn't respond the way we think he's going to, okay? We see this Syrophoenician woman coming into a Gentile home. We see him going, Jesus, please. We're thinking Jesus is going to go, oh, how wonderful. I'm so happy you even came today. Sure, anything you need. There's a twist to the story. You go, what is it? Well, let's jump into our text, guys, and we can see, okay? Matthew chapter 15, we pick up our story in verse 21. It says, then Jesus went out from there 
he departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now, I've got to give you some background, right? Because we are a Bible teaching church, you need to understand what's going on. Jesus had just finished this intense discussion about what it means to, to, for a man to be clean. See, the Pharisees sought cleanliness in their purity laws through the washing of hands before eating. Jesus tells them, you guys remember this? It, it isn't what goes into the body that makes you unclean, but rather what comes from your heart. As if he was to prove what he just said, he leaves where he is and he goes straight into where? Into a Gentile home. Now, you go, what's the problem with that, pastor? Listen, this was to automatically make a Jew unclean. If he were to leave and go straight into a Gentile, the everyone would go, ah, don't do it. Don't do it. It would just, you were just unclean. Jesus goes, no, no, no. Listen, listen, I'm here to break down barriers. You go, how so? Jesus has no regard for their man-made purity laws and he brings that bring barriers between people. Okay? So, what happens? Look at verse 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now, Mark's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 26, reads like this. The woman was Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast out to cast the demon out of her daughter. Wow. Do you guys see that? Do you guys see that? This woman, what's she doing? She comes into the Gentile home. She's a well-to-do woman, and she comes in and she falls down at the feet of Jesus, Mark tells us, and she keeps asking. I want you to think of pride for just a moment. Many times in our pride, we might step out and ask something, but we get, well, okay, you know, you what, you don't want to respond to me? Fine. I'll just forget it, man. I don't need you anyway. I'll handle this myself. This woman, listen, this woman, she does what? Guys, she intercedes for her daughter. She sits there, and, and in the Greek, it's she's keep on asking Jesus, please, please, Jesus, please, please, Jesus, heal my daughter, heal my daughter. Lord, Lord, you're the only one who can do it. God, please. And how many of us know that type of prayer? How many of us know that type of prayer where we're just crying out to God with everything that's in us? God, please, please, please. Guys, this is a beautiful picture of an intercessor because she made her daughter's needs her own. Yo, Ben, what's the point? Guys, I think all the women in here are intercessors. Praying, praying, praying. Richard Foster in his book, Prayer, says this. Finding the heart's true home, he says that intercession is a way of loving others. Intercessory prayer is a selfless prayer, even self-giving prayer. Intercessory prayer is a priestly ministry, and the most challenging teachings of the New Testament Testament is the universal priesthood of all Christians. As priests appointed and anointed by God, we have the honor of going before the Most High on behalf of others. It's not optional. It's a sacred obligation. It's a precious privilege of all who take up the yoke of Christ. That's what he writes. But here's what I want you to think. 
Listen, I want you to think, guys. You go, well, what ministry should I have? Guys, you, should, you can have the wonderful ministry of intercessory prayer because intercessory prayer is not about you. It's about praying for others, right? You guys know our core values, right? Love God. And the second is what? Love people, right? How do we love people? Sometimes we think loving people is about acting and doing, which is wonderful. We always want to do that. But it's about, guys, think about that. Intercessory, praying for people, putting them ahead of your needs. Guys, is one of the most loving things you can do in the body of Christ. Listen, moms have that gift. They don't, they don't only have that gift for their kids. They have that gift for everyone. It's the heart that God puts inside them. You see, many of you know my story. I didn't grow up with a mom. I was 18 months old when my mom passed away with, with, with breast cancer. So I didn't have a mom that I could call for Mother's Day. And I got to be honest with you. Elementary was probably one of the hardest, hardest times during this time when, when we had to make Mother's Day cards and I didn't have a mother. I don't know who to make a card for and what do you do in this situation? And I, hopefully they were sensitive to me at the time, but here's my point. My point is God put other women in my life to be my spiritual mom, to be my step-in mom. And that's what God will do. And that's what God's going to do with a lot of you, right? Your kids are going to grow up. They're going to get older. Before you know it, they're going to be gone. You're going to go, where did the time go, Right? The days are long, but the what? The days are long, but the years are short. We blink and they're like, they're, they're grown up. They're grown. What happened? You go, so what do we do? God continues to put that, guys. We, we want to what? We want to be intercessory prayers. That's what you do. She comes to Jesus and she falls on her face and she prays and she prays and she doesn't give up. Pride often helps me give up very quickly. Are you kidding me? Don't you know who I am? Are you, you know, I come from here. We're Americans, right? Not only are we Americans, but we're Texans. And so this is not the lady's attitude. The lady's attitude is, Lord, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Why? Because my baby, my baby needs you. My baby needs you. Women, men, church, What's the one thing that you could be doing right now is be praying for your kids and praying for other kids and praying and praying and praying. Back in our text, verse 23. But Jesus answered her, not a word. Now, again, I can hear the screeching like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is Jesus, right? Jesus answered her, not a word. Look what his disciples are doing. They came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and he said, you ready? I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What? Here's what he's, I mean, here it is, guys. Here's the breakdown in communication. You ready? Here it is. In other words, he says, go home, lady. I was sent to help. God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. And you're going, right? The disciples are coming. It's most likely they're going, Jesus, send her away. Give her what she wants. I mean, she's, she's, she's being a pain. 
listen, it's entirely possible that they just wanted her to go, and the easiest way is for Jesus to fix the problem. What is Jesus doing, guys? Jesus defined the focus of his mission to his irritated disciples and to the Gentile woman. He said, listen, here's the deal. He made it clear that he was not sent to the Gentiles like her. Sorry, lady. Sorry, lady. Please, please, Jesus, please. Lord Jesus, please. Sorry. Can't do it. You're, you're up here. Can't. And, 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 and all of us are thinking, let's be honest, all of us are thinking, Jesus, why are you even here then? Why did you come up from Judea? Why did you come up from Galilee? Why are you even here, please? And, and, and Jesus, guys, his heart is so amazing. Why? Because here's what I want you to see. I want you to see that he has to get to and break down that pride in order for her to receive. How so? Well, look at verse 25. Then she came and worshiped him. Whoa! Saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and he said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, listen, listen, if you and I are in the room, here's what we're saying. Did you, did you? Did you hear what he just said? Here she comes and she worships Jesus and, and she's not giving up. And, and Jesus is like, listen, it's not good for me to take what? The bread and what? And throw it to the little dogs? Hold up. Time out, Jesus. Did you just call me a little dog? Did you just? <laughs> Hold up. Listen, I'm coming to you for help. Church, let's be honest, okay? Don't we ever feel like that at times? You go, how so? In our day and age, when we pray to the Lord, now listen, stay with me, and you feel like you don't get an answer. Just me? Oftentimes we feel like, well, God's not even listening to me. On the contrary, he's doing something way deeper behind the scenes. Way deeper. You guys with me? Right? And so we're going, man, what, what, did, he, what did he just say? Now, let's chat for a moment. Here's what I want you to see. Notice what Jesus did say. He said that the children had not eaten all they wanted, right? Listen, the ministry of Jesus was primarily to the Jews. And he didn't feel appropriate for non-Jews to be the beneficiaries of his ministry until after his time on earth. Thank you, Jesus. Why? You go, because that's where we come in. You go, but what's he saying? Jesus is just simply saying, I'm giving priority to the Jews because they are the chosen people. Okay? The lady could have just said, whatever, right? She could have said, Jesus, I don't know. She could have said, Jesus, how much? How much? How much, how much would it take for you to come, right? She has, why? But that's not how we reach Jesus. We don't reach Jesus through, oh, this is good, man. We don't try to get Jesus to do what we want through manipulation, well, Jesus, we don't try to get Jesus to do what we want with bargaining. Well, God, I'll do this if you'll do this. And God, I'll do this. How do we have to come to the Lord? How do we come to the Lord when we're really seeking God with a pure heart? We have to swallow our pride. We have to let go of prejudice. Check it out, guys. Lotus. And here's what she says in verse 27. Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Wow. She didn't argue, she didn't bargain, she didn't manipulate, she didn't try to throw out, hey, I've given this much money to the church. All she said is, Lord, this is who I am. 
Even the little dog. You called me a little dog? That's right. I'm a little dog. But even the little dogs get the scraps that drop from the master's table. Ooh, wow. Guys, overcoming pride and prejudice. We have to do this when it threatens to limit us from the grace of Jesus. Right? The problem is, now listen, when we take offense at the story... What does it do? When we go, whoa, Jesus, what did you just say? Here's what I'm hoping. I thought Jesus was going to say, amen, sister, be healed. And watch everybody go, oh, wow, this is amazing. But there's something deeper. Why? Because pride, pride and prejudice will always limit us to the grace that Jesus has for us. Let me ask you this, church, answer this question. Do you want God's grace in a little thimble or do you want God's grace on a 50-gallon bucket poured over your head? You go, of course, I want, I want all of God's grace for me. But pride and prejudice will often give us the thimble of God's grace. How do we overcome this? How do we overcome this? She says, right? Can't take offense, right? Because it reveals more about us than it does about Jesus. It reveals that we are often create and always willing never to say no. Jesus, who waits upon our next move in urgent request. Come on, Jesus. This is what, here's what we're doing. Let's be honest. A lot of times we want Jesus to be that vending machine where we put the coins in the machine, hit the button, Jesus, give me. This is my prayer. Boom, got it. Amen. That's what we want. And yet, if we ask nicely, Jesus has to do it, right? Notice her response. Here's what I love, women. This is you. You're rock stars, man. She said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. If you're taking note, there are four things this woman did to overcome her pride and prejudice. You go, what are they? Number one, jot this down. She responded with great faith. She responded with great faith. Church, listen, this is a great thing to do, okay? Women, you are amazing. You have great faith. God has put it in you. You go, Pastor, I've got a question. How do I, how do I even get faith? Well, the Bible tells us, right? That faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Listen, if you sit and you watch TV 24-7, you're not going to grow in your faith. You're actually going to be depressed. You're actually going to sit there and go, ah, because that's what you're pouring into yourself. But the Bible says that great faith, it's already in you, moms. Great faith, it, right? It, it takes faith every time you get up in the morning. Moms, it takes great faith. Every time you discipline, it takes great faith. Every time you go, okay, I need to swat your bottom. Why do you do that? Why do you hate me? No, I love you. This is why. Because I want you to grow up. And, and here's the thing. Listen, here's mommy. Okay, now we're, now we're coaching and eventually, as your child gets older, then you become great friends. Great friends. It takes great faith, church. She has great faith. She didn't sit there and go, don't you know who I am? I'm a Syrophoenician woman. She just said, Lord, please. Lord, please. Great faith. That's the first thing. The second thing is, she admitted her low estate. What do you mean? Guys, she walked in humility. You go, what are you saying? 
Here's what I want you to see. And this goes for all of us. You ready? This is an application across the board. What's that? This woman doesn't argue or fume in disrespect. She knows her own heart and she knows the Lord. You go, what do you mean? I want you to search your heart and your mind for a second. How do you respond when you don't get what you want? How do you respond? I see my sister Amanda here. She works at Starbucks. Can you imagine going into Starbucks and you order what you want and it doesn't come out that way? How do you respond? Well, let me tell you this. I've come in and, and you got, listen, we're believers. And we're going to sit and we're going to argue and we're going to disrespect because some other person makes a mistake in your coffee. We don't need to do that. We need to what? Guys, think about it. We need to, be, we need to admit our lowest state. I know who I am. And I know that because I make my mistakes, people make mistakes. Oh, I'm so sorry. I gave you, I gave you caffeinated instead of decaf. That's okay. Praise the Lord. Do you guys see my point? And it could go from coffee. It could be from anything. If you're, on a, if you're on the phone with a telemarketer and you say, this is what I want, and they're not understanding, and there's a glitch in communication, how do you respond? How do you respond? How do you respond when you're in prayer to the Lord Jesus Christ and you're saying, I don't feel like you're answering. Do we get angry? Do we argue with him? God, I knew it, and I knew you wouldn't listen to me, and what did I do? And you're stomping around, or do you just go, Lord, I know who I am, and I trust you. I trust you. She doesn't argue. She doesn't fume. She doesn't throw fit, because she knows her own heart. Number three, I love it. She doesn't debate the issue when Jesus calls her a little dog right? What do you mean? She doesn't argue, right? She doesn't debate the issue. Well, let me tell you about little dogs. Listen, you, you some of you poor Galileans, pff, you guys are little dogs. Are you serious? Here's why. Whenever we feel attacked, help me church, our first response is to attack back. Well, let me, you know, they say something about you, True or not true, your first instinct is to go, let me tell you stuff about you. Let me tell you stuff about what I heard. Do you see what you're doing? Right? 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 And, And again, she doesn't debate the issue. Why? Because here's what she remembers. She remembers what Jesus told us, right? Where he says, you've got to what? You've got a beam in your eye. He says, first take the beam out of your eye. And so that you're able to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Jesus says, you're a little dog, and she goes, amen. You see, the issue, what's the issue? Look at the heart, guys. Look deeper. The issue is not what Jesus said about her. Can I get an amen? Amen. What was the issue? The child that needed healing. Moms, we have to swallow our pride. Dads, we have to swallow our pride. We have to swallow our pride because the issue is others. Right? She had to stay focused. What was the focus? Jesus, my baby. My baby. My kids, you don't understand. Well, you don't get to eat because you're a little dog. Amen. But my baby. I, I agree. That's not the point. Number four. 
she did not demand to be seen as a child, but only to be blessed as a dog. You go, what do you mean? She didn't go, wait a minute, I'm human too. You created me. I was created in the image of God. She doesn't argue at all. She doesn't demand that. She just says, I thank you, Lord. Thank you for who you created me to be. Listen, listen to me right now. Every one of you, God created very special. He created you exactly the way you're supposed to. And if you look around the room, we're all different. Don't you, don't you think that's cool? I mean, I mean... What if we all looked the same? What if we all were the same? I mean, that would just get boring. God says, now, now, listen, I, I've, got, I've got a little project here called Anthony. Watch what I do with him. Ooh, and I'm going to gift him. I'm going to love him. He's going to be amazing for my glory. Oh, but he doesn't look anything like Jeremy. He's not anything. And, and Brother Joe Castro, totally different from And I'm going to put you all together. I'm going to call you the body of Christ. And you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. Guys, I'm telling you, if you look at the story and your offense goes towards Jesus, that reveals more about our pride and our prejudice. Because we step into the realm of our culture, we step into the realm of what? Of, of, of where we were born, we step into the realm of where we live, and all of a sudden, even in Christianity, what do we think? That, that Christianity is about us. How many times have you heard me say that church is not about us? I go to church and, and it's about me. It's not about us. It's never been about us. Church is about coming here. And I, th- I, thought, I thought Santos was going to go to preaching on the announcements there, man. I was just like, all right, just preach it, bro. But what did he say? He said, man, listen, we, what? we get in, we get filled, we get fed, and we serve. And we make a difference. Where do we make a difference? We make a difference here, and then we take what we learn here, and we take it out there. And when you, whether you're in the back nine and you're sharing the love of Jesus or you're at your job, people will be attracted to the light. Tell me about Jesus. Tell me about Jesus. We don't want to walk in pride, right? We don't, walk in, we don't want to definitely walk in prejudice. That's what the enemy seems to be doing in our country. Wouldn't you agree? Let's just, let's just get everybody, let's just get ethnics fighting, let's just get all these people fighting against each other based on color of skin and who you are and what region of, that's not what God is about. God says, you need to, you need to drop the pride and the prejudice. This woman's access to Jesus is threatened by her pride and prejudice. And so the question is, you go, what would she do? right? Jesus has rebuffed her. He actually insulted her. Will she walk away with her pride intact? Will she refuse to believe that the Jews had a privileged position in the ministry of Jesus? What's expected from this Phoenician woman who is likely wealthy being insulted by an inerrant Jewish preacher? Is it for her to huff and puff and walk out and of their, you know, of, of their little group and say, are you kidding me? I'm, I'm not going to, you need to take that back. You insult and say that the Jews are the dogs. Instead, what does she do? Listen, desperate to help her child, knowing no one can help her, but Jesus accepts his designation and turns it to her advantage. She takes Jesus' analogy and points out that even the puppies underneath the table eat the crumbs that have fallen on the floor as children eat and die. Jesus 
You don't have to stop your ministry to the Jews to help me, is what she's saying. I just need a crumb of your power, and it will not rob the purpose of the timing of your ministry. Do you see her heart? Do you see her heart? Every one of you has that heart. Moms, you have that heart. Every woman in here has to swallow her pride and her prejudice as she approaches the throne because she knows it's about somebody else. She knows it's about somebody else. Notice what Jesus does, verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it to be as you desire. And her daughter was healed at that very hour. Why does Jesus change her mind? Here's why. Because he got, he got to the point. You go, what was that? He got to the point. He broke through the pride. You see, guys, when it comes to church, it's not enough to say a prayer. It's not enough to just go, hey, yeah, I'm following God. It's not enough to wear a Christian T-shirt or have a bumper sticker on your car, whatever it might be. You see, Jesus wants to break through the layers of our hearts to get to the real issue. And he will constantly do that. You heard the song that Josh sang. Josh said, you know what? I surrender all. And, and, and when you think of the word all, you go, Lord, are there, is there some stuff I'm holding on to? I mean, is there some stuff that I'm struggling that God's going, hey, give it to me. I want to take care of it. And you're going, but God, I don't know if you will. I don't know if you. And here's where our pride comes in. I don't know if I'm worthy for you to even heal my, my wounded heart. You are worthy. You are worthy. That's the whole point. You, you're a rock star. In the eyes of the Lord, listen, women, you are a king's daughter, which makes you a princess. Jesus changes his mind. He exercised the demon. He doesn't even have to go there. Why? Because of her bold and courageous faith. Evidenced in her reply, he does what she came for. And again, her faith is demonstrated that she takes Jesus at his word. And finds her daughter, what? Free of the demon. The demon. Let's close with this, guys. Let's close with this. In this story, this story, listen, Jesus isn't interested in just being a nice guy. He's interested in breaking through our pride and our prejudice. You see, one of the reasons that I picked this for Mother's Day is I believe that this is a story about a desperate mom. But her example is really for all of us. For all of us. You go, why, Pastor? Here's why. Listen, Jesus rewards humble and unpresentuous faith. Jesus rewards humble and unpresentuous faith in him. Our biggest problem, guys, is when we show up thinking that Jesus either needs to stick it to everybody else and then, and then just handle my demands right away. When we constantly want to argue with him, 
instead of accepting him on his terms, guys, we're not ready. We're not ready. See, my prayer this morning is that this story would be an exemplary of this exemplary mother that it would encourage us all. Why? Well, listen, you see her heart of faith. She would not be turned away, and Jesus would not turn away a woman who knew that he was his only help. And so whatever our station is in life, see, that's the greatest news of all. You go, what's that? Say that again. Guys, her faith, our faith, is the only thing that can break down our pride. When we come to Jesus, and she would not be turned away, and she knew that Jesus would not turn her away. And there's something going on in your life, something that you desperately need to surrender to God. The question would be, what, what's holding you back? What's keeping you from walking closer to the Lord Jesus? Sometimes I think, to be honest with you guys, I think we, we, we at times don't trust the Lord. You'll hear many of pastors and the preachers from the pulpit say, you need to trust Jesus. And we go, amen. And we have no idea what that means. We have no idea what that really means. And then when it, and so we walk out of here and we say, God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother. High five. Oh, wow, that was a great service. And then we walk out those doors and real life hits us. And what does real life do? Real life causes us to doubt and not to trust. If you're here today and you feel like, man, I feel like my prayer isn't being answered, trust the Lord that he's working behind the scenes to get to the heart of the issue. Oh, he loves you. He was, I bet, I bet, this is my opinion, you guys can disagree, but I bet Jesus wanted, Jesus knew all about that. That's why he went to the house. He knew, all, he knew exactly where this woman was going to come. And he knew what he wanted to do. But he knew he had to do it the right way so that he could, he could gain a disciple and not simply fix a problem. Did you hear me? Jesus is interested in us becoming disciples, not simply fixing our problems. No point to heal us if we're still not going to be his disciple. And he has the heart, the heart of gold. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that, that Lord, we can learn from this woman. We thank you for Mother's Day. I thank you for every single mom, every single woman in here. And I pray now that you would bless them today. Your word is so amazing, God. Thank you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. 
If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.